You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. In today's message, Pastor Josh continues our series through the book of Romans by preaching from chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. In this passage, the Apostle Paul continues to teach us about faith and the peace we have with God as a result of it. As we listen, our prayer is that God's Word will challenge, convict, and encourage us today. All right, guys, welcome to the podcast. Good to be here. It's, it's like, like we hold our breath for just a second, long enough for you to do the start. I feel like there's just like this tension in the room that like we're we're, we're junior cutting high. through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that tension. Um, so, yeah. If if only it's sometimes you know if people could hear our pre-podcast Mm-mm. conversations. You know, it's uh, Broadmoor after the message plus cost you twenty five ninety nine. Yeah, subscription only. Um, anyway, and we lose all credibility. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to sign a written agreement not to press charges again. That'll be on our last Sunday. Uh, no. Anyway, no. It's always fun. It's always fun. Um, so it, it's good to see you guys. Glad you're in the room. And uh, so we, we've got like a full room today. So we got yeah. we got Neil, Mark, Preston, and Josh. Yes. Uh, and of course Corey, um, the man, uh, doing the recording over here. And uh, so. You're in a different spot. How you feel? I am. I feel really off my game. Discombobulated. <laughs> Thank you, Neil. Um, I've never. Yeah. I have never been in this seat before. I was like, let's try it today. You're supposed to host when you're over there. I was, this oh, is let's the just change it up chair. right here on the fly. Neil's so, hosting today. Yeah. You're so I walk there. in the room a few, you know, maybe a minute late, and uh, well, and like good. Neil is in here and he's sitting in my seat, and so <laughs> like that's always been my seat, and, and uh, so I have to sit over on this other place, and and like it's just different, like just you know the, the the seat is deeper, and where I can't get comfortable, and I don't know where to put my my and computer. You're left, left-handed, so that I know that everything. it's just uh, so anyway. So if this doesn't go well today. Blame no Neil. Blame Neil. I'm sitting in my spot. We next will week. face various trials. This <laughs> <laughs> yes, is one. Consider him pure joy, though. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, so hey, we're um, uh, of course we're going to talk uh, today uh, about uh, the last part of uh, Romans chapter four. Uh, however. Um, it is chapter four, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Well, you, gave me, you gave me like the side eye and I'm like, what? I winked um, at you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not a great winker. <laughs> Hold on, do it again. Oh. Uh, <laughs> only uh, this were video. Before, before we jump into that though, uh, it, it might be good just to talk, uh, because Sunday was the first day of the Advent season. And so, yes. uh, in our service, we lit the first, uh, uh, the first Advent candle, and um, and so uh, yeah, it might be good to just have some conversation about what is Advent. And uh, you you gave a brief explanation of it on Sunday and kind of set it up uh, at the top of your message. But um, let's let's take a moment just to talk through the the Advent season and how we observe it here at Broadmoor. 
Sure. So, so Advent, depending on who you read, and what I mean by that, like your Advent devotional book or the the website that you go to to figure out what is Advent, um, you're probably going to hear it in two different realms. It's either going to be somewhere around the realm of waiting or waiting on the arrival of something or arriving. Like, like I know a lot of times we try to make something simple by giving it one word. Advent's kind of tough to do that hmm. um, because the, the whole idea is you are waiting on the second arrival of Christ. Mm. Um, and, and the whole purpose behind Advent, now again, to be clear, Advent's not in the Bible. Um, you're not going to go to this chapter and verse to go find the first Advent wreath that was there. Um, the disciples didn't light the candle at Christmas time to commemorate when, when Christ came and when he will come again. But it's something that happened um, probably around 300-400 AD, uh, and it was it's simply a reminder, a reminder that um, in this season, when when again, we're getting technical, getting nearer to winter solstice, that's when more than likely you're going to uh, light the last two candles. And that's going to be the darkest day of the year. Um, it is going to be the, the time with the least amount of light, at least where we live. Uh, and, and the idea is when you get to the darkest day on earth, the candles begin to all burn together and become brighter. Mm. And it's a reminder that in the darkness, Christ's light shines. Mm. Um, and and mm. it's a reminder that in for us, I think it's just an advantage in the hustle and bustle of the corporate Christmas season it's not about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about something different. Yeah. And for us, we we give each candle labels of of names. And so this week we celebrated hope, um, the hope that is coming, that has come in Christ, but also is coming in in the the second coming of our Lord when He shows Sweet. again. Yeah, and I love that picture because uh, so it, it culminates. Uh, in our Christmas Eve service. Mm-hmm. So uh, is, that's the night when we uh, traditionally would light the Christ candle, which is the, the candle in the middle of the Advent wreath. And by that time, we've lit all the other candles around it. And so, mm. um, and that's how we lead into our candlelight service. That's and right. so the, this idea that Christ's light um, shines and then it shines in us. And mm-hmm. as, we, as we light each other's candles around the mm-hmm. room and end with that picture, um, it's always really a, a beautiful thing. It's a neat moment. Yeah. I've, I've got a less spiritual but maybe funnier moment uh, with kids in Advent candles. <laughs> yes. So we were at my parents' church uh, one Christmas, and Dawson was young. So if you don't know our Dawson, he, he tended to get into things when he was young. Less so now, but he still does. And um, they did children's church in a different room. So at a certain point, some of y'all grew up in churches like this, the kids beyond below a certain age would get up and they would walk out and go to another part of the mm-hmm. church for children's church. And so um, they had lit the last candle, and the kids got up, and they start walking. Well, they've got to pass by that candle to get out of our sanctuary into the other room. And I, and I could see Dawson's head <laughs> lock into that candle probably 20 feet from it, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and sure enough, just as he walks past it, he just turns and, <laughs> and there it went. <laughs> Happy birthday, uh, Jesus. Thank you, Dawson. Well, I'll, I'll never forget, uh, since we're telling stories, uh, I'll never forget uh, a Christmas Eve service b- before we bought like the, the, the nicer um, wax catchers on the um, uh, We all lit, we lit the candles and, and I, there, was this, there was a kid on the front row uh, who had a candle. It was just that, those little like paper discs. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> that, you know, if, if too much wax dripped, it just, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, yeah. it didn't really do all that much. 
And uh, I remember right in the middle, there's a still moment, right? And it's this somber sort of thing. You're watching the light, you know, it's like spread across the room and we're getting near the end and we haven't sang yet. And so, and, and then you just hear this from the front row. And it's this hot wax dripped on this kid's oh, hand, and it was uh, so it kind of it kind of uh, ruined the. We moment. had to upgrade after that. We, we did, did upgrade after that. that. We did. Right. So we did. Uh, on the Advent thing, uh, I like what our ministry team did this year um, with our communication team and putting our Bible reading plan um, along with the Advent devotional, all kind of tying into some great content out of the Bible Project. So this morning, uh, I've set a goal for like the next. I don't know, 30, 60 days. Uh, I've been not in a great season for journaling. So I've, today was my first day to start, set that goal. So I journaled and I was like kind of grumbling, looking forward to like the Advent Devo and like switching it up. And I was just like, oh, this is not going to work well. And uh, man, it was great. The The devotional for this morning that we sent out um, describes the two different words for hope. And one of those words kind of had this idea of anticipating the arrival of someone the other one was this growing tension that just continues to build until that arrival. The idea of like a, a bow and arrow, kind of the string being mm-hmm. pulled back. And as you're, the longer you wait, the more the pressure. Mm. And just this beautiful picture of the arrival of our king. Mm. Um, mm. And it was just a, a thank you to our staff. For, like those have been great resources. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was not going to be a great moment was just a sweet moment of, of, uh, of worship uh, mm. on my own. It's really cool. So I'm glad we're doing that. That's great. That's great, Neil. And I love how you set a goal for 30 or 60 days. It's going to be I got to get to the first 30. I, I, like, yeah. I, like, and, I like that method. And I, I it think, has been hard lately. And I it's think your voice does on. sound better in that microphone. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's very uh, <laughs> majestic. Yeah. Yeah. It I sounds low and very so I'm going to stop talking the rest of yeah. time just to prove that it doesn't go downhill from here <laughs> with something really silly. Um, so, uh, let's jump in then. Uh, I think we have, um, uh, successfully exhausted the Advent conversation. Um, let's jump into Romans. And so, uh, Sunday, uh, of course we, we wrapped up chapter four, um, as was confirmed by Josh's wink earlier. Yes. Um, it's a good wink. And so, uh, yeah. And, and, and I felt like, I felt like there were a lot of similarities, you know, in, 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 the, this message, or at least this chapter, because we're continuing that, that whole illustration of Abraham That's and right. Abraham's mm-hmm. faith. And, um, and, and just the whole idea that, uh, you know, our faith is completely dependent on God, not on, on anything that we bring to the table. And uh, so, as we kind of traditionally do, I mean, what, what did that feel like for you guys as we walked into that? Um, any things that, uh, that you just want to want to start off our conversation by yeah, some context for I'll, I'll jump in for me. Um, I, this was a sermon that I was more excited to preach than I typically, and I'm usually pretty excited to preach any sermon, um, because I, I found so much hope myself in it this week mm-hmm. uh, as I was, I was studying through. You know, last week's great because it, it talks about how we are on equal playing field. We being like Jews and Gentiles, all are under the Abraham, uh, the, the umbrella of Abraham's family. But this talks about, okay, if that's true, and we understand understand that faith. What what does it what does it do? What does it mean to be to be God as our our anchor? What does it mean for Him to be the object of our faith? And, and for me, as we rightly understand it, for when I rightly understand it, it it allows me to breathe. Mm. Because even even as a pastor, like just being honest, there are still many days that I am so performance based. Mm-hmm. That if I if I wake up and I and I do my checklist and it's done before I get out of the church 
office, then I feel like I've done well or, or I've accomplished the task that the Lord has set before me and, and he's happy with me. And on the days that I don't, then I feel like a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that can go in Bible reading plan, that can go in journaling, that can go what a fill in the blank. But when you're reminded of the truth mm-hmm. that our faith is anchored in him and him alone, like there's a part of me that, again, it's not about being lazy, but it, it, it is a, the ability to breathe even in my own depravity. God knows and still loves me, and he's calling me to himself. Um, mm. So I, I was super excited to, to preach this message yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, lazy is a good word that we, that we are afraid of. Mm-hmm. But the, the positive side of that is freedom. That's right. And we're afraid of laziness. But we discount the high value of freedom mm-hmm. when, when when we're living in freedom, which I think is what you feel. Yeah. When you're living in freedom, what obedience looks like out of freedom versus what obedience looks like out of the opposite of lazy, whatever you call it, mm-hmm. determination or pressure or uh, I'm going to white knuckle it. I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. What obedience looks like in that context versus what obedience looks like when you're talking about that place of freedom. Mm-hmm. Those are two different pictures. That's right. And I think one is really healthy, but probably a lot more sustainable. That's right. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so you know, uh, we've been talking through this this whole chapter. I mean, there's the, there's the whole idea of Abraham being justified because of his faith. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so... <laughs> We, as we were talking before we recorded this, uh, that you know there were a lot of really interesting questions and conversations that came up in life groups. And Preston, you mentioned one question that came up uh, in in your life group that had to do with faith. Yeah, and I think it's 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 worth discussing uh, us having some conversation about. Yeah, and and sort of how it rolled was we started talking about Abraham's faith, Abram's faith, <clears throat> and the faith of salvation, and the fact that we. We don't bring anything. We we're dead, and so what can we bring if we're if we're dead unless he awakens us to him? But it it led into conversation of but what about our faith as we walk out um, this relationship with Jesus? Mm. And is that a different faith? Like, do we have a saving faith at the beginning that we bring nothing to the table? But then is there a faith that we walk out um, trusting God daily? for things that he wants to do or for his promises or whatever, that we somehow have to um, grow in that faith or we have to develop that faith or practice that faith, I think was the word, word Neil used. And so the question was kind of, is it, is it the same faith or, is it, or are they kind of two different, two different things? Yeah, how'd you answer it? I said, Josh is going to have a great <laughs> answer for that on the podcast. <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Let me write that down real quick. So, yeah, I, I, yeah because I think the, the heart of the question is, uh, there's a, is there a continual growing of your faith? Which mm-hmm. we would all say yes. Mm-hmm. But what I heard you say yesterday was the level of your faith does not determine mm-hmm. whether or not God's still holding on to you. That's right. correct. Well, that doesn't mean that we're like, well, good, I don't have to have much faith. Right. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, a, just a childlike faith that calls out to the Father. Well, we don't want to stay there. Mm-hmm. We want to continue to grow in more confidence and trust and faith, reliance on on who God is. Mm-hmm. That's an ever, ever evolving, ever growing thing um, until we die, mm-hmm. uh, until we see Him face to face. I don't really see it as two different ones. I just see it as a the childlike mm-hmm. 
initial just basic trust in him at that point he has you and then really it's up to him and what he does to work in your heart to help you continue to grow that faith i think yeah, yeah that's a good answer um you think no i, think. I didn't i stopped, <laughs> he stopped. Was, did you hear me did you hear me stop yeah, there was no I, wink on that one we yeah well I, I double he's blank. gonna want to get a little more <laughs> yeah. no absolutely right um I, I would say that the tension for me lives in the two different verses we use for definitions of faith, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the one that we talked about yesterday is verse 21. Here's what it mm-hmm. says. that, um, And the reference is Abram, Abraham uh, is fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Um, and so I, th- I think that's a very clear uh, and succinct definition of what Abram's, Abraham's faith was. Like he believed that the promise that God made, God was going to do. Very clear. So, so what was his faith in? It was in the promise that God made to him. His pro, his his faith was in God, mm-hmm. right? So, all right. So we have that. I think that's that's easier for us to say. Well, all right, our faith is in God. Our faith is in God's promise. But then you go to Hebrews chapter eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you're using um, the the Bible app, I think this was the 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 Bible verse yesterday, um, and and this is. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, this is probably the more typical definition of what faith is. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Um, And a lot of times what we will do, and I don't think this is necessarily correct, but we'll begin to apply this to our life directly without a lot of understanding. So what we'll say is that that I really hope for this thing and I hope God's going to give it to me. So therefore, my faith is God's going to give me what I want. Uh, or I don't see how this is going to materialize, but I really, really, really want it. Mm-hmm. And God, I'm praying that you are going to come through and make it happen. So whether mm-hmm. that's a, uh, a desire in life, like uh, as a kid, like going back, we're telling stories and we're getting close to Christmas time. I remember this verse and, and you know, the verse in Psalms, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart or the faith of assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. I wanted a go-kart. So, so <laughs> bad. And and my mom, we didn't have a lot of money. And my mom was trying to, you know, lead me in things spiritual. I don't know if this was right. Well, she would just go pray to the Lord. And I'm like, Mom, I've been praying and it's not working. <laughs> uh, and so I, I was convinced, man, I'm, I'm praying. I'm delighting in the Lord. I'm believing for this. And Christmas morning, guys, I woke up convinced. Con- you couldn't <laughs> tell me it wasn't outside. I jump out of my bed, run down the hallway, through the kitchen, open the door, and there's nothing on the porch. Mm. Devastated. Devastated at the Lord. Devastated mm. at the Bible. Devastated at my Sunday school teachers who perpetuated the lie. <laughs> and I was just upset, right? Yeah. Because I think there was a misunderstanding yeah. of, of this potential passage mm. where our faith, again, is not about us. Mm. And it's not in us. And it's not in what we desire. Mm-hmm. Our faith, rightly, is in God what he has promised and what he's desired for yeah. us. Mm-hmm. But I think it seemed like there was a nuance to to the question that was raised in your in your life group Preston uh, because I, I get that that difference between, you know, those those two what you just said Josh those two things. I, but I think, you know, so you have Abraham who 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 had faith that God would do what he promised. Right. Um and I can see a clear difference between that and and our just hoping or having faith in something that you know is just that something we want. We want. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but it seems like the nuance was, um, you know, what about when we feel like that maybe God has leading, yeah, led yeah. us towards something or is 
how do we know right. that, that and it that was that phrased is, kind of like we believe in God it's not that our faith in God is it wavers it's our our trust as to whether we're hearing God correctly mm-hmm. right yeah. like we know God can but am I misreading God or mishearing God or uh, so yeah let me let me chip in on that one uh, so like for me if I believe in what he's promised in salvation it was I believe that he is sovereign Lord redeemer and I believe that I am a sinful person if I repent and believe the promise he's given is we'll have salvation mm-hmm. right so that's that one and then the rest of my life is kind of working through that with fear and trembling mm-hmm. believing what he's provided the problem with me is that I will often take other people's promises and then make them my own so for example Abraham has promised to be a father of of many mm-hmm. Well, so when it came time for our journey with having children, we had infertility. Mm. And so it's easy for me to go, well, God provided that same thing for Abraham. Surely that's what he wants for me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not the promise he gave us. That's correct. Mm-hmm. He promises other things that if I will, like if I live out his teachings in the Sermon on the Mountain and receive his grace and live that kind of marriage or living out Paul's teachings for marriage in Ephesians, that I will have a, a marriage that glorifies him, whether we have children or not. Uh, for me, I think sometimes we confuse things with um, we'll wrap decision-making in that it's God's calling or God's plan for us when mm-hmm. we have decisions to make that as we make those decisions and take risks, he wants us to be obedient to what he's already promised and what he says about who we are in our heart position. Not that God necessarily calls me to take, make a career decision or not. Mm-hmm. Those are decisions we make that I think we, we try to simplify and make like there's one right answer or one wrong answer. Right. Very fatalistic. Yeah, rather than going, I'm going to make a decision with the information I have and believe that God's going to um, reveal things in my heart as I take those steps mm-hmm. that force me back in dependence upon him so that he gets glory. Mm-hmm. And I do believe he directs us in certain paths and stuff, but I think we over-spiritualize or make it, um, we miss some of those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When we adopt other people's promises mm-hmm. as our own, who that's huge, man. That that's been on my heart lately as I just personal in study. Um, and study. And the question is: Is every promise that God makes in the Bible our promise? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to the point, you know that that's Abraham and Sarah's promise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that was Abraham and Sarah's promise for for that moment, right? Um, and a lot of times we, we will apply ourselves to that. And then, then we'll walk through, and I think another set, I'm rabbit trail here. If I'm winking at Mike right now. You can see it. <laughs> You've winked at go. Mike a lot. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, normally it's Neil. I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. Mike, in the wrong Mike seat. is in the wrong seat. He's in the, my left eye is the best <laughs> winker I got. And, and, and even that one's not look, that great. Look at my right eye. <laughs> you like that? No. Uh, and, and so sometimes it's not even the promise, but but it's something that, that God has done or Jesus has done specifically, mm-hmm. like... Uh, this is uh, a tangent, but uh, it's very real for me, and I think a lot for us when we talk about faith. When Jesus raises Lazarus, mm. and, and a lot of times we'll talk about God as a as, as a resurrecting God, and he he brings that. Like, a lot of times we'll sing songs that have have that line in there. He he resurrects the. De- he he did that one time, mm-hmm. one time. There were so many other, and then he di- like Lazarus dies again and does resurrect mm-hmm. him again. And a lot of times we we will we will take one thing that happened and think that it's ours without understanding. And this this is where the um, this is where my tension lies. Right? It feels like a lot of times, and this is in me, but I also think this is in in, in many folks as we we roll this path. We're out to get the things that God can do mm-hmm. more than the 
right. than God himself. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think um, we misplace the purpose of what he's doing. That's right. It's not that he's trying to withhold joy from our life, but we make his miracles about us That's right. rather than he did that with Lazarus to demonstrate who he was. Yes. Um, now it brought a lot of people a lot of joy, but the purpose was so much bigger. Mm-hmm. And what I see us doing and here is when when we have something that we want or that we're praying for and we maybe misappropriate promises we'll make it about the level of our, or the degree of our faith. That's right. Um, man, if I just had believed more, would mm-hmm. that have changed? Mm-hmm. If I'd had more faith, would he have done this for me? Mm-hmm. That's a slippery slope mm-hmm. that can... So dangerous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just... And, but we we find ourselves falling into that. And, and we hear of some that, that really go way down the rabbit hole on that one of... What you claim, what you right, want, what right. you desire is really based on how much faith that you have, and he'll right. give it for you. Yeah, which takes the purpose of what he's doing off of him and onto us. That's right. And Ooh, it, that's, let's go there for a second about amount of our faith, because Preston, you brought up the mustard seed. So how do we mm-hmm. how do we balance those two things? If it's not about how much faith we have, but Jesus clearly says it's mm-hmm. if you haven't had the faith of a mustard seed, you know. How As we, if there was a degree. Yeah, yeah. How Even we, though it's a little degree, yeah. <laughs> he still makes it a degree. Yeah, so yeah. how do we balance that? Yeah, yeah. faith, faith in what? Faith in God, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and I think it, that, that's the, the core value that we run behind. But whenever we get it twisted, and particularly where we live and how we live, um, to Mark's point and, and to what Neil is saying, and to the tension that I live, how do you know that your faith is you-centric? Um, when you make it about you, when you don't have enough, or God didn't give you this because you didn't, you didn't say in Jesus' name authoritatively mm-hmm. enough, or you didn't, you didn't claim it, or whatever, like all of that, everything mm-hmm. that points to you, because at the end of the day, if the Lord and His grace gave it to you, what would you say? I did that. I did it because I did it right, and then I'll teach you how to do it. I remember uh, years ago we were in Brandon. I was a college pastor there. There was a church. Thank God it's not in business anymore. Um, but they were doing healing and deliverance schools. Mm-hmm. Hear me out. If you can deliver and you can heal, praise God. But don't charge people to figure out how to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. But they were. It was like a, a course. Like come here, learn, learn pay your twenty five ninety five, whatever it is, and come in. I'm gonna teach you how to do. It. Man, yikes! Mm. It, it was hard, man. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah. again, I, I think in all things faith, what is the object of it? Mm-hmm. Whether it's big or small deep or shallow what is the object of that faith and for you object faith? is the anchor like what's it anchored it is, it's to, anchored what, to. Is the, what is the substance the, of it yeah the substance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay well let me shift gears a little bit because uh, one of the other hard questions that that came up actually came up in my my life group um and uh we talk you know we we've talked about how right we bring nothing to the table so in fact, we only uh, we only recognize our need for God because we are awakened to that um, by God, right? By by the Holy Spirit. Once we come to faith, um, Jesus promised to uh, to give us the Holy Spirit, and and that guides us, teaches us, and empowers us to live in the way that He wants us to live. Um. So the question that came up in our life group was, 
What about people in the Old Testament? Because we've also talked about how people are saved, were saved in the Old Testament in the same way that they are saved today. Um, so where was the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament? I mean, how did, how did these people, Abraham, um, others that we read about in, in Scripture, how did they live according to uh, God's purposes and plan um, if they didn't have the Holy Spirit in the same way that we do um, to empower them? in that way because we teach rely on the power of the holy Mm -hmm. spirit to live out your christian faith i mean we talk Mm -hmm. about that a lot well did they have that you can't do it on your own how did they do it back then so if we're relying on it now did they have it to rely on then and we may not have a clear answer i don't know but this is going to be fun because i think we're we're all going to maybe differ and (laughs) potentially these are secondary issues i I don't think they're primary i'm coming off the top rope on this one but i think they're they're secondary (laughs) because so let's before we do the conversation let's take two three minutes and just talk about what modalism is and what it's not. So, oh, do it. Mm. So, well, why don't you define modalism? So, first? the idea. Some I'm going to work would, on my wordle while you do that. <laughs> modalism. <laughs> so, some some would believe either explicitly or implicitly that you have that God manifests Himself in either the role of the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit at different points throughout history, rather than being all present at all times. Mm-hmm. So, it'd be. If we're not careful, we will answer that question saying the Holy Spirit wasn't even present in the Old Testament because God was the Father. Mm-hmm. And, and because the Holy Spirit wasn't indwelling us like he does in the New Testament, he, he wasn't present or God manifests himself only in the role of Father. Mm-hmm. Right. Or in the New Testament, God manifests himself only in the form of Jesus until Jesus passes the baton to the Holy Spirit, invites him in to so come. So he is one or one of the three at yeah, any given that's, time. That would be a simple version, maybe a little yeah. incorrect no, version of modalism. Mm-hmm. So we can't go there because that's that's heresy. That's heresy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, before creation, mm-hmm. existing in complete love union, like doesn't need, doesn't need creation, doesn't need those things, but because of who he is in the relationship of the Trinity creates the universe. Not because he needs to be worshipped or has a gap to be filled, but because out of the overflow of that relationship is glorified by the creation of other things. And we see the Holy Spirit, the Son, and the Father existing in the Old Testament all throughout and existing in the New Testament and existing all now. Okay? So we have to make sure we're clear on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for me, when I would go, where's the Holy Spirit? I'd also answer the question in the Old Testament— in the creation, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all present in the creation. And throughout the Old Testament, they're all present. In the New Testament, they're all present. So for me, I think the Holy Spirit uniquely indwells when Jesus invites him in or brings him in to be the helper in establishing the church moving forward. I still believe the Holy Spirit was at work in people's lives in different ways in the Old Testament, huh. just not indwelling in the same way he does now. But I may be incorrect on that. That's right. My first shot across the bow. That's good. That's good tension. Yes. I think you can't. I I, I like what you're saying. You can't separate them out and act like, I'm sorry, act like the Holy Spirit wasn't there. I mean, you can't separate it out and say, well, that was the time that he was the father. Mm -hmm. And then the Holy Spirit came in the New Testament. That's that seems like you're separating them out, which to your point, you can't do. Where I have the question is when Jesus clearly says, I'm leaving you, but it's okay because I'm going to send you a helper. Mm -hmm. Well, what did he send him? 
well, what did he send us? Mm -hmm. if, if, if the Holy Spirit was always here, then what did he send? Mm -hmm. Or what was he referring to when he said, I will send you a helper? Is my question. Yeah, I would think he sends the Holy Spirit to indwell um, in a way that is was not the same way it was in the Old Testament. Now, how that lives out, uh, yeah. I'm going to hit ground So he kind of hovered over Abraham, but he lives inside of us. Well, I think well he, he did a hover over the face of the waters. He did do that. So. And, and I think you also have, and if I'm reading it correctly, the spirit, <laughs> you have the, throughout the Old Testament the phrase, the spirit of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So, um, like, for example, the spirit of the Lord is inside Saul to fulfill the role of the king because whenever he, at some point, the Holy, the Spirit of the Lord removes himself from Saul mm. to fulfill the role of king and now goes into David to fulfill the role of king. Mm. Ooh. Mm. All right, so on that line, That's I'll, biblical. I'll interject here. Um, so there's three offices in the Old Testament that God gives to his people to help them, to lead them and guide them. It's the prophets, the priests, and the kings. Um, and so in all three of those offices, they are to give the guardrails and to speak authoritatively and to guide them to give encouragement and to give chastisement in the greatest of ways. Well, in the New Testament, as we understand that Christ fulfills all three of those offices, that he is prophet, he is priest, he is king. And then in that, everybody is trusting him and, and following him. At least they should be, right? Because he is those things. And then when he leaves, he is inviting, or he tells them, I'm, I'm going to send somebody who even says that you're, you're not even going to be able to believe what's going to happen. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and it's going to be even better than, than when I was here. And, and I think that the right word is to indwell in you and to lead you. The paraclete is the, the technical term. And if, if you can understand, like uh, if you played sports, it's the idea of cleat, but a paraclete would be this idea of something that goes on side, either side of the shoe. And so where you are stable walking by yourself, this gives you great traction on both sides. So you don't fall over to the side and you get traction going backwards and forwards. That is the idea of a paraclete, right? And in the Old Testament, where is, how is God working in the lives of his people? I would say through the prophet, priest, and the king. Is the spirit of God there? Sure. He was there in the beginning, hovering over the face of the waters. We understand the plurality of let's create man in our image, our being, and our understanding. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's there, but I don't believe that it's until God sends him to come and be that paraclete that he takes on that role. And, and the reason we say it today, you know, you you were guided by the Holy Spirit's presence in your life because Acts 1-8 is Acts 1-8, that we will be his witnesses when the Spirit comes uh -huh. uh, and and we will we will do that to the ends of the earth. Um, so, so I would say in the Old Testament, how were you guided, I think was the question. You were, you were guided by the offices of prophet, of priest, and king. Um, I do believe God, God is guiding them. And now how he does that, we're getting into the weeds. Don't know. Um, I know for some people listening to this podcast, they're like, but I need to know. I, I don't need to know. I just know that's what it tells me, and I'm okay with it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I, I never heard the paraclete mm -hmm. described that way. I have not either. That's really I good. might have, but... Which you forgot that was 30 years ago. <laughs> is, it, is it really like just bad that I get the picture of a bird in my mind every time that a word is parakeet. <laughs> that doesn't seem authoritative to me. I mean, what? I know that's not right, but. You know, I've never thought that, but now from this point now forward, you, I will. That's right. You're well, always going to see. So a, we've a messed up. The, the spirit symbol shouldn't be a dove. It should, it be, should a be a parakeet. parakeet. <laughs> there you yeah. go. See, we've just messed up. That's what happens. 
So would the spirit have led the prophet, priest, and king in order for them to then lead the people? Is that is that fair or is that? Yeah, I would. So again, I think we're getting into the weeds of, and the only reason I say this is because I don't know if it gives us a very clear example. Mm -hmm. I think that they are compelled, Mm -hmm. whether whether good or bad, Um, and you know we we can get into like even going back further. God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Well, was it the spirit that that hardened Pharaoh's heart? Because that's God too, right? Um, or, or not? I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I don't have to know. Mm-hmm. I just know in the New Testament, as we live as New Testament believers, if we are not being led by the Spirit of God, then we are operating outside the power and authority that has been trusted to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But fun questions to ask, and that's I think cool. great yeah. discussions to to that's be good. part of. Well, if you're in my life group and you're listening, there you go. There you go. <laughs> there great question. Um, I love it. There it is. Hey, uh, any anything else? Our time's winding down. So, uh, any other things that you want to, uh, you just want to be sure that we hit before we before we wrap up here? Mine's more of a celebration, uh, which is in our neighborhood, walking around. Uh, Jennifer and I went for a walk last night, and we have children from Broadmoor, who I guess are engaging the White Envelope Project. Yeah, and uh, they're selling hot cocoa, and the sign on the that there says we're selling hot cocoa to support the shelter initiative. Um, at Broadmoor, and I thought mm. it was really cool to see our church mm, family yeah. and our children leading us in a in a great mm. opportunity to love families who are wanting to be obedient to what yeah. God's called about loving orphans and widows. They're doing this in a very practical way. Yeah. Yeah. Do you also want to talk about how you didn't actually contribute? <laughs> <laughs> so I walked by the first time and had no money on me. Mm. So we had to <laughs> we had to like, hey, how long are you out here? <laughs> and then we kept walking and then drove back around right hoping that they were still there <laughs> yes. and I, I love what josh said earlier before we recorded it's like the, you know the the reference that uh, golden silver I like none, but what i what i do have i give it to you uh, do you take bitcoin by any chance <laughs> uh, uh, that's awesome though. no that's no great. it is great to see uh how how the uh the kids uh here at broadmoor are, are <laughs> fleshing those things out and um, that's exciting to see. It was good. So, um, well, guys, uh, as we uh, as we move into next week, of course, we're we're picking up now, continuing through Romans into chapter five, and uh, so it's going to be good. And uh, looking forward to uh, to what the Holy Spirit yes, is going yes. to lead to us. You hesitated right there, didn't you? He was waiting on the parakeet to give him something. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's like really. Sacrilegious or something. It has like, to be. Yeah, uh, sure. But you're not in your normal seat, so it's probably right. something going on like there. Like I said, I already established I'm off my game. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. Uh, anyway, guys, uh, always good to have conversation and uh, good to be in the room with you. And uh, so looking forward to next week. It's going to be great. Merry mm-hmm. Christmas. Nice. Good Merry yeah. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Advent. Happy Advent. Love you guys. Yeah, love you guys. <laughs> this has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.